Today's episode is brought to you by my new book, Millennial vs. Machine, how I got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and how you can do the same. For more information, visit CourtneyMKing.com slash podcast. Millennial versus Machine, how I got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and how you can do the same thing. Let's jump right into today's conversation. Hey guys, it's Courtney here with Millennial versus Machine. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This episode's coming out a little bit later than normal, but hey, we're here. That's all that matters. Uh, before we get started, let me re- excuse me read one of the reviews that we have about my book, Millennial vs. Machine. And this review came from Janice, and the title of the review is Great Information for Any Age, Pay Off Debt or Create More Income. She wrote, not a millennial with student loans or battling the machine, but have young adults who are and do. We'll be sharing this with them. Easy read and being a baby boomer, I see it as a great guide and opportunity for additional retirement income in the future. Janice, thank you so much for taking the time to review the book. Guys, if you haven't gotten the book, make sure you visit CourtneyMKing.com. It's linked in the show notes, or you can just type in Millennial versus Machine in the search bar on Amazon, and it'll take you right to it. It's on Kindle. It's paperback and also Audible, and um, obviously you're joining me on this podcast, so we take a little bit of a deeper dive into what I share in the book. And last week we talked about the ways that people traditionally finance their investment properties, myself included, even the opportunity that is the basis of my book, I purchased that property um, using a traditional loan. Well, this week, I want to talk about the creative ways that you can actually finance the purchase of an investment property. And this will be particularly important for those of you guys who maybe your credit score isn't really high enough, but you are ready to go because you have the down payment. Or on the flip side, maybe you don't have the 20% down and you want to explore other options for purchasing an investment property. These options here may be the what you need in order to get started. So let's talk about it. Now, again, guys, this is to spark thought um, for you guys to dive a little bit deeper, do a little bit more due diligence, reach out to me because I would love to help. Um, my contact information is in the show notes, or you can visit CourtneyMKing.com to reach out to me directly. So we're going to talk about three, the three main non-traditional routes of financing and investment property. Say that 10 times fast. That felt like a mouthful. <laughs> So the three main um, ways that you can finance the purchase of an investment property are using private money. That's one. Two would be to use hard money. That's the second one. Um, And that's also kind of a subsection of private money lending, but we'll talk about that more in a sec. And then the last one, which I really want to focus on is owner financing or seller financing. 
So let's start with private lending. Um, I don't know about you guys, but probably because I'm in the real estate field, I get tons of emails about different private lenders. Usually these are institutions, um, maybe smaller uh, institutions, not like Wells Fargo and stuff like that, although it is possible to get um, solicitations from those people. But private money lenders are usually individuals some or institutions. Sometimes they just have access to different funds. Um, it could be they have a lot of money in their retirement accounts and they want to lend that money out at a interest rate that is higher than what they would get elsewhere, okay? Um, I actually have a client that does that um, and he's a private money lender on different projects. Um, it also could be a small institution that has access to funds um, that they manage on behalf of their clients. And they will lend those monies out to individuals that want to invest in real estate. I've seen a lot of private lenders um, particularly focus on those people that are trying to flip homes. Um, so in a nutshell, those are people that are uh, they want the money to use as a short-term investment to purchase a property, renovate a property, and then sell it for a cash profit. Um, and then I have seen private lenders that will do a little bit longer-term financing, and um, a lot of their requirements are going to be very similar to the banks in terms of um, having established credit, positive credit score, um, having an overall net worth that... Um, I'm not going to put out a figure, but just, you know, you, you have some assets, whether it be savings, um, uh, retirement accounts, those kinds of things, or investments in the stock market. Um, but those guys that are lending private money generally want to see investors that are a little bit more established. So you've done, you know, you've purchased an investment property already. Um, or there are some out there that, you know, are for the newbies that want the funds to invest in their first rental property. Um, either way, you, you're probably going to pay more in terms of interest with these private funds, just so you know, um, because the interest rates, especially with this coronavirus that we're in right now are constantly changing. I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to say this is high and this is low, but um, long story short, if you compare the rates found at traditional um, lending institutions like the big banks, um, they these private lenders are going to be a little bit more expensive. Um, and at the same time, they may have different products um, like adjustable rate mortgages and um, opportunities for you to pay a little bit more money in fees in order to buy a lower interest rate. I mean, there's, there's so many different options there. Um, but there are people out there with money that want to lend it. And so this is just kind of a general overview of private money lenders. Um, I do have a few that I am connected with. I haven't used them personally, although I have had clients that have used them personally. So if you need some referrals, um, by all means, reach out to me. But most importantly, do your due diligence. Here in the show notes, I'm going to in include an article that I thought was particularly interesting um, regarding private money lenders. So, um, that's the first kind of non-traditional lender that I wanted to talk about. The second lender I'm going to talk about is primarily used for short-term investments. 
And I'm going to talk about it here, even though the strategy that I teach in Millennial versus Machine is a long-term strategy, meaning longer than a year. Um, but I'm still going to highlight it because as you guys do your research, there are going to be a ton of options and hard money is one of those options that a lot of people highlight. So, um, a hard money lender basically is another type of private lender that lends on, um, different investment properties, specifically flip projects, but usually their interest rates are significantly higher. So hard money more short-term projects, uh, but the funds are there. There are a lot of hard money lenders out there. If I were to break it down to its simplest terms, it's basically an individual that has access to a lot of capital at a low interest rate and they lend it to you at a higher interest rate and basically get that sort of return. So they're usually borrowing the money and then lending that borrowed money to you. And that's what, um, in a very basic nutshell, a hard money lender is. So that's again, something that some of you guys, if you guys decide to use this strategy and you want to do more of a short term, um, investment project where you purchase a property that is maybe distressed and needs a lot of work and you renovate it and then you sell it within the next, you know, 90 to, you know, 180 days, um, hard money may be a route for you. So, um, I will also link in the show notes, a few articles about hard money. Do your research guys. Personally, I've never used a hard money lender just because, um, I don't really like the idea of it personally. But again, if you have a deal that makes sense and you need the funds quickly and you don't mind paying um, the significantly inflated interest rate, hey, by all means, this is no judgment. It's an option and, and sometimes it works well for people. So um, I wanted to make sure I highlight that. But what I really wanted to highlight for the sake of millennial versus machine for you guys that are looking for an investment property that's going to generate the cash flow that will help you you help you to pay off your student loan debt. I really like the owner finance um, option in terms of financing, and I will give you an example. I actually owner financed two properties that um, I owned back in 2016, I believe it was, in Houston. And, um, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about what owner financing is. Um, I want to basically divide this into two different types of owner financing. And, um, I guess I'll kind of talk through why I'm doing that. But the first type of owner financing or seller financing, depending on where you are in the world, you may call it something a little bit different, but, Actually, let me back it up. Before I talk about the first type, I'm going to say owner or seller financing is basically where you're going through the individual or entity that owns the property that you're trying to purchase, and they are essentially acting as a bank. That's what owner or seller financing is, okay? So they're the bank. You're not necessarily going through a traditional bank to get financed or anything. You're going directly to the person or entity that is selling the property. So the first type of owner finance is when the individual selling the property owns the property outright. I particularly like this because it, um, it's just easier. You don't have to worry about the next type. 
um, where there's financing in place. Um, it's a little less risky when they own the property outright because, you know, you, you just want to make sure that the money that you're giving to a seller is actually going towards the purchase of the property. And I'm kind of talking vaguely right now, but I'm going to tie it in when I talk about the next step, I promise. So again, if you come across maybe an elderly person and they want to sell their house and they want to offer it owner finance, you know, let's say they don't owe any money on the house. They own it outright. Then they can say, Hey, Courtney, I want to sell you my house and I will only require $5,000 down and you can pay me four or 5% interest every month and, you know, I'll finance it to you for 30 years, although that's not usually typical. Um, a lot of people will say, hey, I will owner finance a property for, you know, five years or three years. That's the most common thing that I've seen. Um, oftentimes they're, they'll amortize the loan. So they will spread the total purchase price across a 30 year note, let's say, or a 30 year loan. But they'll say, hey, I'm going to amortize it over 30 years, but it, the full, payment is going to be due in five years at the end of five years. And that's like a five year balloon, for example. Okay. That's something that's very, very common. And essentially, you know, you're, I know you're asking, well, why would an individual seller want to even offer this type of financing? And it's actually a way for them to earn interest. So potentially for them, it can be a passive source of income. Okay. For you, if they're only requiring a small, um, percentage of a down payment, that could be beneficial because that could kind of lower the bar of entry and allow you to purchase an investment property um, without putting 20% down. Okay. Now, if you go this route of owner financing, just know the interest rate is going to be likely be significantly higher than a traditional loan. And that's because the seller bears a little bit more risk, right? Um, because a lot of people that are going owner finance route, maybe they aren't like the stellar, you know, borrower. Maybe their credit is at 600 instead of 620. Maybe they aren't able to put the 20% down. The, the interest rate or the increased interest rate is going to kind of compensate that for, compensate them, excuse me, for that extra liability that they're taking on. Okay. The second type of owner finance is what is called a subject to. And in this case, the individual that's selling the property has an existing mortgage in place. Okay. So your purchase is subject to the current loan that they have on the property. Okay. So the reason why I split this out is because with the subject to deal, um, there's, there, it's a little bit more complicated in the sense that the seller of the property, they have a mortgage on the property, right? Follow me. With that being said, at some point when they got that mortgage on the property, they signed a promissory note. And a lot of these promissory notes has a clause in it. And the clause is called the due on sale clause, which means if you sell the property, they can call the note due completely. 
Um, and so what does that mean? If you are purchasing this property subject to the existing financing that's in place, and for some reason the lender says, hey, I want to call this note due, then you're kind of screwed because I'm assuming that you don't have all of the money to do that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have financed the property through the seller, okay? So a couple of ways to protect yourself um, with that is, and this is kind of getting a little bit more personally involved. Every case is a little bit different, but I guess in general terms, um, if you ensure that the payment that you're making is going directly to the mortgage holder, that's one way to protect yourself to make sure that the money that you are paying is going to pay the mortgage. The reason why I say that is because let's say you're paying the individual seller directly and they're just keeping that money and they're not paying their mortgage. And then that lender says, Hey, you're in default and forecloses on the property. Then basically you just gave all your money away. And I hate to say that, like you wish and hope that people would do the right thing, but guys, y'all know the world we live in. So one way to protect yourself is to pay the lending, the, the mortgage holder directly. Okay. And what I've seen people do is they will provide, the seller will provide to the buyer, the, um, online access to whatever mortgage company they pay and you set up payment that way. Okay. Um, there are a couple of little caveats there, but that's one thing. The other thing with subject to financing is that if you or when you go to resell the property, that original seller that you bought it from has to sign a release. And so let's say that person that you bought it from falls off the face of the earth or passes away. That makes your life very, very complicated um, and may prevent or hinder you from reselling that property in the future, okay? So that's something that if you're entertaining the idea of purchasing a subject to property that you'll want to discuss with the seller, and this is kind of where I come in as an agent, <laughs> um, is discuss with the seller how you would handle that. You know, how you would handle that release in the future. You know, most people, if you're looking to sell the property and pay off that mortgage in full, they're they're going to sign the document. But what if for some reason that person is not available to sign that document to release, then you're screwed. So just make sure you keep that in mind if you're um, considering subject to financing. In the era that we're in right now with coronavirus and the significant amount of people that I believe are requesting forbearance um, for their mortgage, which basically is a period of time where they don't have to make their mortgage payment. But at the end of that period, they're going to have to pay all of what they should have paid during that time. I have a feeling a lot of subject to deals are going to come up. As a matter of fact, I would say within the last like two weeks, I've had, I've gotten at least maybe four or five emails with different properties that are being sold subject to. So in that case, what basically happens is before um, the for or excuse me, not even before the forbearance, because I'm speaking to you, the buyer mainly right now. So in that case, the seller is going to say, Hey, 
I'm behind on my mortgage. I need about 12,000 to get caught up. I will sell it to you to get caught up. I'll sell it to you for 15,000. That way the 12,000 brings it to current. The other 3,000 is money in their pocket. Maybe it'll cover their moving expenses. That's neither here nor there if you're the buyer. But I'll sell it to you for 15,000 and then you keep the mortgage that's in place and you keep paying that and you own the house. Now, in this case, guys, the title of the property does transfer to you, okay? So it is your property. You're just basically taking over the payments and getting them caught up. My prediction is that there are a lot of people that are going to be in this situation and um, hopefully you're doing the prep work and the pre-work that I've been telling you to really scoop up these deals, okay? Because I'm definitely eyeing it. Um, but yeah, I just, I think for a lot of you guys that this may be a good option. And so if you're interested in investing in Texas, um, specifically the Dallas or the Houston market, and you're interested in something like an owner finance deal, let me know, because like I said, they're all over the place and, um, I'd love to help. And that might be one of those things that you can use to reduce the barrier to entry to buy your first investment property. So I hope this is helpful. Um, like I said, the bulk of this is focused on owner financing because especially for long-term investments, that in my opinion, aside from the traditional route, is going to be the best um, route for you, especially if you're buying and holding investment properties. So um, again, I hope this is helpful. I would love for you guys to rate and review this podcast. Um, so make sure you do it. It helps others uh, learn more about Millennial versus Machine and find our podcast. So I appreciate it. If you haven't um, ordered the book yet, be sure to order it. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, it's a super easy read and literally it's what I have been doing for years. This is my 10th year in real estate. So um, I'm super excited to share my knowledge and experience with you and especially fellow millennials guys. Like I want us to continue to step our game up and buy investment properties and achieve financial freedom. So, um, anyway, I will talk to you guys next week and, um, just thanks so much for tuning in. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit CourtneyMKing.com slash community. And oh, by the way, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And so would your peeps who are looking to get out of student loan debt. Until next time.